America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. afternoon good evening good morning whenever you're tuning in welcome to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity i am very very pleased that you are all here with me today we have another fascinating show in store for you today with a wonderful guest i've been looking forward to having her come on the show for a while but before we get there first of course my loyal listeners all know um We always start off with our little section from my book, Everyday Awakening, which, of course, you can find at everydayawakeningbook.com, and uh, we'll kick it off with that, and then I'll introduce my guest. So uh, today's uh, little passage from my book is entitled, Releasing Control and Trusting More Allows Life to Surpass And trusting more allows life to surpass our imagination. Excuse me there. We often get in trouble when we focus too much on control. The desire for control comes from more than fear. We look to control our circumstances, our environment, and our relationships because of something deeper. It comes from a profound lack of trust. A lack of trust in ourselves a lack of trust in the world, a lack of trust in life itself. In our minds, we have good reasons for this lack of trust. Yet, if we look deeply into our heart, we want to trust more than anything else. Making the effort to control everything in our lives is exhausting. It also leaves little room for life to bring us the unexpected. While that may sound comforting to us, to us, it is also quite limiting. Life can surprise us with the most amazing adventures when we allow it to. Giving up control is not about releasing our responsibilities in our lives. It is about trusting ourselves deeply that we can handle and thrive in any given situation that life brings us. By trusting more and controlling less, we can allow amazing circumstances to develop. We can allow others to contribute more and truly create team efforts. We can lessen the stress in our lives and live more joyfully. We can start to have a happier journey throughout our lives. Yes, Control can be very comforting. Is it worth it? Can you release some control and learn to trust more? So I I wrote this passage 
like all of them a while ago. And it, it really came from just that insight that I had once around um, control. And, and and it's interesting because I've always been the kind of person I was never worried about controlling everything. And, and, and I never really got why I met some people and they just like had to control everything, every little thing. They had to know when this was happening, when that was happening. Don't do it that way. Do it this way. And, and like, you know, micromanaging life. And, 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 and there was always a certain kind of like anxious energy around it. And I never really understood why. And until I sort of got this insight that, that, you know, it's more than just about fear. I mean, yes, when we're afraid, we want to control things more. But it's really, in, in, in this perspective, and it may not only be this, but a huge contributing factor is this lack of trust. A lack of trust that everything is perfect. Life is perfect. The universe is perfect. It may not appear like it, may not seem like it. I mean, in some cases, it kind of looks like we're really destroying ourselves in the world today. And if we don't, you know, really like uh, pay attention and start doing something with the environment, this, this world's going to come become pretty inhospitable to life before too long. But that still doesn't mean that it isn't perfect. Maybe we just don't see the perfection. Maybe things had to get this bad in order to really wake humanity up. It's kind of hard to see when you're in the middle of it. We only get these kinds of insights and perspectives in hindsight after the fact. And again, trusting does not mean we abdicate our responsibilities. It does not mean we don't show up for ourselves, for our friends, our family, you know, for what's right. No, trusting does not mean we don't show up. As a matter of fact, trusting means we show up even more fully. As as my dear friend Jennifer Huff likes to say, it's, it's, it's wanting to fully be here in life. And it's amazing how many people actually don't want to be here. I mean, sometimes I don't blame them, but, you know, life can be amazing and beautiful. And it can be challenging and it can be difficult. But when there's trust just in life itself and trust in ourselves, more importantly, then it doesn't matter if the situation is challenging. We trust that we know the right way to go. We trust that we're being guided or we trust that we can find the way through. So when we can trust on that level, then we don't have to be so controlling, trying to make everything perfect and trying to control all the situations, which we really can't control. But we don't try to do that because it's like, okay, things don't go according to plan. You know what? That's life. Okay, we'll deal with it. We'll roll with the punches, as they say. And and so for me, it's just this idea of trust. It, It just allows life to show up for us and really surpass our imagination of what is possible for us. 
I mean, I say all the time, I think life has a much better imagination for my life than I do, you know, because it's kind of, I mean, yes, goals are good. Vision boards are good. All that stuff is great, but you want to hold it kind of lightly. Because maybe life has something much better in store for us. I personally don't like limiting myself. I like being open to the magic of life. And my life is pretty good at the moment. And like, could it be amazing and wonderful and even better? Of course. And I'm working towards that. And I trust that that something better will show up. And it could surpass anything I've even thought of before. I mean, look, if, if I've been running the station now for 13 years. And if you had said to me, you know, 20 years ago that I'd be running a, an internet radio station and I'd be a speaker and doing all this stuff, I would have thought, what, me? I don't know anything about that. Nah. But I met a guy at a party. And, you know, he's selling his practice because he wants to become a Buddhist monk and he has a station. And so I thought it would just help him sell it. Instead, I ended up buying it from him myself. And and just the whole circumstances, the way it happened, I, I could not have planned it better myself if I had tried. So for me, just trusting and just being in that place where whatever life brings me, I know it's going to take me someplace amazing that I've never even thought of myself. And sometimes those places can be difficult. Sometimes they can be challenging. Sometimes I don't always show enough discernment. So something happens I would prefer not to have happened. But I've handled it. And I keep moving forward. And you know what? I learned and grew from those experiences so much. So, you know, control. Eh. It's so 19th century. Anyway, so that's that's the section from my book, Everyday Awakening, uh, which you can find on www.everydayawakeningbook.com. That just takes you to the Amazon listing. And you, if you like myself and you love to support those small independent bookstores, just tell them, hey, can you order this book for me? Everyday Awakening by Sam Leibowitz. And we're in major booksellers. So you can get it uh, wherever books are sold. All righty. So I hope you enjoyed that little section of my book. Um, that was kind of a fun one. I kind of like that one. And now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show award-winning keynote speaker, neurocognitive leadership expert, and international author, Tressa Yonakawa uh, Bundren. Uh, Tressa is an, an award-winning neuroscience and cognitive-based mindset, leadership, and relationship keynote speak, speaker and culture consultant. Tressa guides experiences of what is possible so you can make changes in real time. The choice is yours to live your legacy now or wait until it's too late. Grounded in neurocognitive science with over 25 years of practical success and failures, Tressa integrates 
purpose and delivery with sustainable, sustainable accountability and leadership from the inside out. Tressa admits that successful leadership, healthy cultures, and belonging to create connected, capable, and culture-optimized life cycle teams, boards, and leadership is big work, and that's why we're having her on the show today. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Tressa. Sam Leibowitz, thank you so much. You have had me on hold for months. I have been looking forward to this. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate being here with you. I know, I know. I've been doing my show so long. I'm actually booked out for the year now. I mean, I'm pretty much like all the slots are done. Um, I'm already talking to people about January of next year. It's crazy. Um, and it's just, you know, I, I guess yeah, longevity has its privileges. The longer you're around, the more people know you and, and get to like you. Um, uh, so, Tressa, um, we just got like a minute before our first break. Uh, I'm just curious, did you study like uh, neuroscience in college or something? Like, like, where did you start off and how did you get here? Yeah, my <laughs> so degrees are actually in neurocognitive science for communication. So uh, my okay. uh, my aim was to be a speech pathologist. And I did that for a while and then started building companies. And um, so how I really got here, got here was that I was a, a youth volunteer. The the calligraphy on the wall that said, let's help each other. Let's take care of each other in the major healthcare system that I was volunteering in after school didn't match what was happening on the top floor when I was running paperwork and envelopes up there. And I was confused and I wanted to understand how we could not be so confused, how we could either live our mission or change our mission so that it could be accurate and true. And that's really what got me here. But the degrees were part of that path. Ah, wonderful. Wonderful. That's why I've been doing this work over 25 years. She is no slouch. You see my loyal listeners. I know you, you love the show. I know you guys are checking in on the live streams. Um, Tressa is the real deal. All right. We're going to take a quick break, Tressa. And when we come back, let's talk about sort of what you've learned over those 25 years and how your understanding of neuroscience maybe has shifted um, in that time frame. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on talkradio.nyc and at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays at KMET in Palm Springs, California. And we will be right back with Tressa Bundren in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you 
on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is uh, Tressa Bundren. Um, I just realized, Tressa, that's not a, a virtual background behind you, is it? Those are real flowers, eh? Those are real. Yeah, I'm all about the real. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nice. And 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 where do you hail from? Where are you located these days? I'm kind of tri-located. I'm located anywhere that I'm working. So I do a lot of travel for work um, and I love it. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world to do. Um, but we are between Oregon and California for the most part and then okay. hop over to Portugal whenever I can. Oh, Portugal. Very nice. Um, so you've been working in neuroscience for, for like a long, long time. Um, how have you think, seen things changed over the last 25 years? Like, like, how has your understanding of neuroscience changed from when you first started out, you know, went to school, studied it, and, and, and now, like, how you're applying it and helping people to apply it to improve their leadership and improve their life, basically? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. Thank you. The The way that I've seen how I use the, the neuroscience background that I have, um, which is nothing close to like Huberman or some of the, you know, the, our mm-hmm. Stanford people who are, who are all about it. I use it as simply the foundation for everything that I do. And I recognize over, over the past couple of decades that that's not everything. There is, there is belief. There is, you know, how we, how we organize there, you know, we can't just, pummel each other with with the neurology we also have all of these the background the history how we live our environment what we expose ourselves to so there's so much happening that we can integrate into the framework of of neurology and cognition i specialize in cognition and how we learn how we establish values how we spread that through organizations um and and how we become better leaders and, and really better human beings through the use of the neurocognition as one of the tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard it said, interestingly, you talk about the culture a lot in organizations. I've heard it said many times that culture will eat strategy every day of the week. <laughs> and, and that so many organizations out there are trying to change their strategy to be more successful. And what they really need to do is look at their culture. So, so how does neurocognition play into that? that that culture that's created by the leadership of an organization whether it's a for-profit not-for-profit or volunteer you know whatever kind of organization it is 
Yeah, I I love that framing of it because I really believe that culture and strategy require each other. Mm-hmm. And also there is this authenticity piece that we've been bringing in for at least the last decade or at least trying to, you know, we started with mindfulness um, mm-hmm. and that was a foreign concept for a little while. We had to do some education in the definition and that it's not scary and that it's not woo, a little woo, but not entirely woo. Um, <laughs> you know, corporate appropriate woo. Uh, and and how do we bring in the foundation of how our brains work with the foundation of how we interact as human beings? So when you talk about culture and you talk about leadership, and I, I want to really address um, what you talked about earlier from your book, this, this place of control and trust, because I was a control freak. I was the worst boss on the planet. Um, and from the time I was really young, you know how people ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What did you say when you were a kid? What did you An want to be? An astronaut. I wanted, I wanted, I was, I was the star from the Star Trek generation. I was like, for sure, like there's going to be a moon base by the year 2000. And I wanted to go to the stars. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And, and how we incorporate those dreams into what we're doing now and and revisiting that once in a while, like, why did I, why did I want to be that? You know, what, what aspects of that are alive for me now? When people would ask me that when I was a kid, I said the boss, having no <laughs> idea what that meant, you know? Um, so when I was able to start my own companies, I was in my early twenties and I was a, I was the worst boss on the planet because I was the boss in the mm. same way that I had been bossed. Um, I hadn't really had um, a purposeful leader mm. yet. Mm-hmm. I had had bosses. And so uh, when my first company was about to fail because my people said, listen, you're a terrible boss. We like your mission. We like you, but you're a terrible boss. Um, and I had to figure that out. What does that mean? Like, I'm just trying to do my best. I'm just trying to take care of you. I'm just trying to whatever, but I was micromanaging and yet I was not on site. So I wasn't vulnerable. I wasn't appropriately vulnerable. I wasn't, um, I wasn't there. I just trusted everybody to do their jobs and do Mm. them because I said, you're the best of the best. Let's do this thing. So when we, when we apply now, and I, I had the education then, but I didn't apply it. How do we learn? How do we sustain values? How do we stay in relationships that grow? All of those things coming from this place of neurocognition means that the activation of that comes from action. So we can't just say, I can't just say, Sam, I know that you're a good human being. I totally trust you to do what you tell me you're going to do. And I'm going to jet. Without any kind of of back and forth or any kind of, hey, how's it going? Hey, I care about you. I want to hear what you need from me so that we can have a sustainable and growing relationship. Without that, it isn't sustainable and growing. Right. Without that, we're just in the pattern that we've established and it just repeats itself. And if that becomes unhealthy or unfulfilling or it doesn't help us grow, then then we're in a pattern that doesn't serve us. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard sometimes because it's hard to see ourselves, right? So it, it takes a bit of self-reflection to realize, oh, I may be a good person, but that doesn't mean I'm a good boss. Yeah. I mean, it's good that you had the feedback from people, but but sometimes we don't know. Sometimes they're afraid to give us the feedback. Absolutely. And I, for a long time, literally would set alarms, a little chime on my phone, like 35 of them in a day to bring me back to awareness, consciousness, Mm. 
center, like what's happening right now? Am I present in what I'm doing? And am I doing the right thing in the highest good of all involved? Am I where I'm supposed to be? Um, and and that early on was very helpful to me to not just ca- get caught up in the, I need to make more money, I need to have more contracts, I need to be on the road, I need to, you know, generating, generating, generating. What's actually happening? Who's in my world? Who do I need to be in contact with? You know, who do I love that I need to tell them that? You know, all of those things that make us more human in positions of leadership without making us doormats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting you talk about presence because that's, to me, one of the real hallmarks of, 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 of being good at anything. Like, like people ask me all the time, you know, how do I be a book, good podcaster, a good radio show host? What's, what's the most important quality? And I'll say presence. You got to be really present with your guests. And, and isn't that true of just about any aspect of business? It's really about how present, how focused, how much are we in the here and now versus worried about what's going to happen tomorrow, what happened yesterday, and and all those th- thoughts that take us out of presence. Right, which brings us back to your book again about control and trust, you right. know, and this is what I do from the stage is I guide people in an actual integrated interactive experience of presence and trust and notice where we have judgment notice where if you turn around to somebody you've never met before you're trying to size them up and categorize them like automatically so that you have some control so that you understand like you think you understand this person you think you can have a conversation with this person without actually knowing and without being present, but projecting like what I want this person to see in me, what I see in this person, the labels I'm going to put on this person, like all that's happening instantaneously. If we can slow all that down just for a microsecond, take yeah. a breath and just be present, we have unlimited potential. Together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we're so in alignment it, and, and it was so in alignment in very different ways. Like with the consciousness work I do, I'm I'm so attuned to this idea of projection and how much people project their idea of another human being onto them. And that sometimes when I'm facilitating groups, I have to be able to hold people's projections on me. And it's just so funny that, oh, it just reminds me of that old quote. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. Right. And, and, and doesn't that all have a very neurocognitive basis? Right. And it's built on, you know, we have these lenses and I think it was Brene Brown that I heard talking about. We, we say, oh, I'll just have empathy or compassion, Mm. um, inclusivity by, by trying on these other people's lenses, but that's impossible. We can't pull off our lenses and put somebody else's on. Our lenses are literally, I think she said, glued to us. So the lenses that we have can only be right. They can only be clarified and expanded by having an experience of presence and noticing, hearing other points of view and still being present. What happens to me when, when I hear that? When I hear, when I hear you say that, Sam, I feel... Uh, insecure. When I hear you say that, Sam, I feel more powerful because 
we are in alignment. Like whatever that is, just that noticing and that conversation can bring us into more clear relationship. And it works across all of our relationships, relationships, work or um, romantic or friends or parenting. It, it works everywhere. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't matter whether it's a business setting or a non-business setting. The more present you are with the other person, first, the more they can feel it, the more they're going to appreciate your attention. And then the more information we kind of take in to kind of see how are people reacting to what we're saying, right? right. It, it's sort of like whether you're in in a in a meeting in a conference room with a bunch of colleagues or or people who work for you, or you're having family dinner, being present to what's going on, suddenly you'll start to notice things that you might not have noticed if you're just running through your own agenda and saying what, what you wanted to get out. Absolutely. And this work in, in relationship connection presence power and the dynamics of that has helped me help leaders put their their relationships back together to to take their company public to have you know excellent exits to retain their staff to you know all kinds of things and i think that um i will say that a thousand percent it's also helped me be a better parent and a better partner mm, wonderful wonderful how, how many kids do you have three i um adopted three amazing girls from the foster care system and um oh, wonderful yeah, my youngest is now 21 so Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, that warms my heart. Um, okay. We're going to take a, our next break. And then when we come back, what I'd love to hear is like, what are some of the sort of common situations that people call you in for? And then how do you use this sort of neurocognitive approach to help them facilitate the situation in, in a better way? And then I'd love to get into some, what are the latest developments? Like what are really some of the cutting edge things that you're learned about neuroscience in, in the last few years? Okay. Let's get into it. All right. Awesome. Tressa. Awesome. All right. And I hope you're enjoying it too. Um, I apologize. I don't, I, I'm not seeing the live streams at the moment, so I can't see, but I'm sure my loyal listeners, Patty, maybe Sanaya and William are checking in. Thank you guys. Love, love that you're always with our show live. So stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a moment with our guest, Tressor Bundren, and we'll talk to you in just a moment. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about 
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. I'll help to advocate for all of us. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back. So, Tressa, in what kinds of situations would would the the leadership of an organization kind of call you in to help them? Because I'm not sure, like, if I'm a a, a struggling business owner or a struggling CEO, I'm not sure, quite sure. I'd, I'd know, like, oh, I should really call in somebody now with this challenge who's an expert in neurocognition. Right. Well, really what I do is I fix relationships. So when Ah. people are having difficulty with culture, cohesiveness, when there have been mergers, multiple mergers, when we're um, trying to go public and everything's like upside down in order to get us there, um, I do high stakes mediation and I fix cultures and and relationships of any kind. So a lot of times when I'm working with uh, executives, I often get asked to work with their spouses and their families because Um. what we bring to work is like who we are is how we live. How we live is who we are. Like you said earlier, um, very true. And so when we're struggling as, as leaders, when we're struggling at leaders is at every level, which we all are, um, it tends to, to bleed over and, yes. into, you know, every aspect of our lives. Right. Right. Cause who we are is who we are and how we show up is uh, how we show up at work is how we show up at home. Most of the time, sometimes not most of the time, most yeah. of the time or worse, you know, or worse. Or worse. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so um, I've worked with a lot of pretty high profile people in finance and entertainment and music. Um, and I don't name drop because I do do some of this personal work, not with everybody. Uh, but I think it's such an important part because if we are only focused on getting our work right our work relationships right and we all want to be the the leader that people want to follow it's it's really important more important now than ever i think um and if we want that at work then we should also have the foundation of a happy full life mm. everywhere else too and work should be a part of that right right yeah i, I hear people you know talk about so much about work life balance but i don't really believe because we're just we're never in balance it, it, to me it's more about integration it's more about sort of 
how are you integrating your life and your work together, not balancing it? Because nobody lives a perfectly balanced life, do they? No, absolutely not. And I'm so glad you brought that up. I hear that term all the time. And I, I really try not to use work-life balance because I believe that balance in nature is a tourist attraction. You know, we, like, we pay to go see those things that are are balanced. Um, so it's it's un, I think it's unnatural to have an, an apex and a balanced life. But I agree with you that full life has a very complex, multifaceted meaning. And if we can live a full life and we're not so focused on this part needs to be right, this part needs to be right, and they need to be in balance, uh, then then it's we're happier. We're, mm. We have a more integrated and integral and impactful life. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so how has the field of, of neuroscience and neurocognition like developed over the years? What, what, you know, things have you learned recently that kind of enhances or changes the way you work with people? Yeah, I think, you know, AI, of course, has brought everything to our fingertips immediately. And so while I know that we can learn things more rapidly, we're we're now exposed to or have access to so much more information so much more quickly. And so I think there there are opportunities for us to learn faster, but also to um, have just enough knowledge to be dangerous. Yeah. So <laughs> as with anything. Uh, so, you know, I, I want to have caution about how I'm using it. And I really am being aware of, of what Elon Musk and other people are saying, you know, about how this could get out of hand if it hasn't already. And how does this enhance the the fields that are based in neuroscience? And there are so many of them. I think leadership has a really strong foundation in neuroscience because it's about how we think and how we act from what we think, learn, and know. Mm. So how does, how does this expedited and more voluminous amount, right? Like we have more faster and that really appeals to the type A, like bigger, faster, better, more. Right, right, right. But really it's about getting back to basics. So I feel like, you know, we're blowing out our ability to to learn everything right now and have it all at our fingertips when what we want to do is use the 10,000 year old technology, which is like we talked about, presence in a modern way that is compassion, that is learning, that is being able to discern and make choices. So I think the the potential for allowing AI to make choices for us is the danger principle. Yeah, I I know a lot of people are, are kind of like on the one hand concerned about AI kind of getting out of control and and, and, you know, from my point of view, AI, it's created by humans, so it's going to have all of our flaws as well. Um, but then on the other hand, I also hear people talking about the potential utopia that supposedly AI can create, because if we're, if if every job or, or, or aspect of our life that's a drudgery to us, we can hand over to an AI program or a robot powered by AI and then can free us up to do really the more creative, the deeper work, you know, that, that can be a, something that can be very liberating. Um, but in the process, 
you know, there can be a lot of people displaced from their jobs. Like I'm seeing articles now that like computer programmers are going to be out of work and like accountants, like any kind of anything where you have to type on a keyboard to, to do your, your, your job could eventually get outsourced to an AI. And then like, just think about the, again, the impact on the brain of being scared like that could happen to me and then what's that's going to do to your neurophysiology absolutely and and that fear you know we talk about that fear that lack of control that now lack of trust in in my foundation can i can i feed my family can i you know do all the things i've been doing and when we talk about the impact you know the the ripple effect is that the staffing agencies who who staff you know the engineers the the accountants, everybody who's going to be impacted, they're also impacted. And then, you know, everybody who relies on like, so it's just like, we'll see. Um, I I think AI is incredible. I I use it. I'm just scratching the surface of learning how to use it effectively. And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change being in this time and place because wow, we're (laughs) at this precipice. And it's also scary. It's like stepping off into space, you know, that, everything's going to be okay, but maybe it won't. And, and so how does that affect us? Like, like anything like, like inflation, like, you know, the, the potential of, you know, other countries destabilizing our dollar, like there's so much going on right now to, that can create fear. So that's why in, in our brains, you know, how do we, how do we resource ourselves and nourish ourselves emotionally, mentally, physically, so that we're not flying out on, on all of these whims, on all these fantastical whims, and coming back into presence and realizing, you know, right now I'm safe. Right, right. And what can I do from safety versus what do I do from like, oh my God. There's a big difference in how we can impact our own lives and each other from presence. Hmm. You know, I'm curious, I've heard stories like years ago, that um, leaders at at tech companies were meditating during their lunch break, but they didn't want anyone to know about it, because they thought people would think they're too woo woo. And and it seems to be much more acceptable now. I'm just wondering, so like this whole idea of presence of mindfulness of 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 really focusing our nervous system in a way that can help us in in our position that that is there any resistance to that anymore i mean is it just so widely accepted that just it it's easy for people to like um connect to it or is there still some resistance is there still some sense in in the business community at large that like Oh, that's semi woo woo stuff out there. (laughs) Right. Uh, You know, I think there are all different opinions of that. I think Mm -hmm. that where we misstepped with mindfulness is that we didn't go into the action. So it's not Uh, just about like zenning out. It's uh, about finding that stillness so that you can make better choices, know what all the options are and, and then make moves from there. So it's, you know, where we, where we tripped up with mindfulness, I believe was that we, we just got into the woo and mm-hmm. we 
we brought it in and it's done amazing, wonderful things for, for those of us who use meditation, but for those of us who meditation isn't accessible to because our minds are moving too fast, it's difficult to slow down all of those things. Um, what do we do? That's where I believe that, you know, from this place of, of cognition, we can focus on presence and then distill from there. And it brings everything really into a clarity, not necessarily a focus, but a clarity so that we understand what our options are. We just make better choices from here. Right, right. Do you have maybe before the break uh, to share a practice? Is there something you like to give to your clients to say, hey, why don't you try this practice to help you to get be more mindful or get into presence? Yeah, you know, it's different for everybody because all of these companies have different needs and have created different um, frameworks for themselves. But, you know, typically when we can have a real conversation without getting triggered, it allows us to start to build that trust that maybe has been broken down. And so the practice of let's really get distilled here, say what's true without being harmful, without... Mm without bypassing or um, I guess the term gaslighting has been way overused, but um, what is true without focusing or pushing it through our own agenda so that we can hear other opinions Mm. and and have a real conversation. And so that people feel like they belong here rather than they're being dictated to or commanded. Um, Because I think that's, you know, the the biggest thing that I hear right now, uh, the biggest complaint is that we're not listened to. Um, and and we don't feel like we matter yeah 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 it it sounds a lot also there's a practice um or a thing called nonviolent communication um which i understand is is one sort of strategy or or one methodology for helping people to communicate in a way that makes it very easy for the listener to hear what the other person is saying Absolutely. And in order to use nonviolent communication uh, and the strategies that are involved there, which are really lovely and brilliant and they work in order to do that, we have to be present with ourselves. So we're not just mouthing the words. There's a, there are a lot of people who know the spiritual language, know the nonviolent communication language, but it's all language. So it's all like front yeah. of face and not really entire system. Yeah. And it, it, we really need to have it be core and, and have be in that practice. Yeah, yeah. So it all comes down to us, huh? Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. All right. Um it's time for us to take our last break. My God, I could talk to you about this stuff for hours. Uh when we come back, uh I, I, I want to touch upon maybe a uh 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 a challenging topic because I see it coming up in, in conversation a lot lately, and that's around psychedelics and how that shifts neurocognition. Um, Cause I know they're doing a lot of studies at Imperial college and John Hopkins and NYU around it. So I'm just curious to your perspective on it. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the conscious consultant, Hour awakening humanity. And we'll be right back with our guest, Tressa Bundren in just a moment. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Get a 
post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back. Um, so, Tressa, ever since Michael Pollan came out with his book, How to Change Your Mind, um, and the, the documentary movie, um, uh, Fantastic Fungi, featuring Paul Stamets, uh, psychedelics has really been in a lot of people's minds and conversations. There's whole industries popping up. I mean, my wife, who's a psychotherapist, she's now doing ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, um, which ketamine is like the only, you know, federally legal uh, psychedelic substance that they're using in a in a in a healing session setting uh, have you seen uh, psychedelics impacting the field of sort of neuroscience and neurocognition is it um um helping us to learn more about how the mind work or is it helping us to 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 even enhance how our minds already work yeah my my close friends who are therapists and who are getting certified in using those modalities say nothing negative there are so many clinical trials and and so many positive uh, anecdotal outcomes that you know we can only have more hope for the use of psychedelics um i will tell you from my experience and like i think we can broaden what we know about ourselves by opening the door with psychedelics mm-hmm. and once we understand how to open the door what are we doing if we keep just going back to open the door and going back and going back and going back? So that's my question for me personally. And I, you know, I have, um, I have used some psychedelics just to understand more about how they affect my brain. That has nothing to do with how they affect other people's brains. Uh, I'm not having that experience. So, and I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. All I know is what I know about what I've experienced and what I've learned. And so, I think they have their place. Absolutely. I don't think they are an absolute answer. And I don't mm-hmm. think, um, I know that for me, they're not a long-term answer. Like I, I, um, 
like purposely found an ayahuasca journey uh, and purposely immersed myself in that one time. And I know that I don't necessarily need to do that again. I Mm. also know people who have gone back 47 times. (laughs) And so um, I have a real curiosity and I can't make a judgment about what's right for anybody else. But I can say that I already know how to open that door and I can do it with breath work. And so what would I rather do that and know that there's a, a, like my big, my big issue with using psychedelics. And this, this is true from when I was a total dork in high school and college too, is that (laughs) I want to know when I can end it. I don't want to just be Uh, in it. uh, That's part of my control, right? That's part of, (laughs) yes. I have things to do. Come on. So um, (laughs) I need to end this by 2.15 because I'm doing a podcast. So, um, so part of it for me is that I understand how to get there and have a very similar experience mm-hmm. on breath right yeah holotropic breath work is amazing and and the work that stanislav Graf has done is truly remarkable and yeah i mean to, to me my perspective i just see so many people diving in but without the support of, of working with uh, either a therapist or a counselor or an integration coach to really help them to integrate the experience it's like we all kind of go searching for that peak experience but we don't realize that like without integrating that peak experience into our day-to-day life we're kind of losing the real juice of it aren't we absolutely please please work with somebody who knows what they're doing i think that's so important and um you know i know people who say oh ketamine assisted assisted therapy great i've used ketamine you know Mm -hmm. before i'll just use ketamine but that's really not how it works that's not how the research shows that it works. And um, do I believe in the positive outcomes? Absolutely. And yes, please work with someone who knows what they're doing. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Where do you see things going in in the neurocognitive space? Do do you think like we're going to discover new things about the brain and have even better ways of being mindful and being present? Or do you think we kind of have a pretty good sense and we're, we're pretty, pretty good with that that's a great question you know for my my friends who are in the science who who have their doctorates and are doing the research i really believe that we'll always be discovering something new you know and something that seems very small could make a huge impact on how we learn like look at what we're learning about nutrition and how nutrition affects the brain like it's like we will constantly hopefully be learning that's what's exciting to me that's like that's the turn on of of living you know is that we constantly get to learn and experience and explore that's what we're here to do and so the more opportunities we have to do that the better so so let's continue to learn and the the minute we say oh that's that's done there's nothing left to learn there um i think we close ourselves off to to important impact and potential do you think leaders today are more open to this idea of neurocognitive science application to their leadership. I mean, you know, I know everyone wants to be more efficient, more effective and all that other stuff. Um, But does it feel like there's a a, a wider opening when you kind of get into that space with someone? Yeah. You know, I think people want things that are data driven and Mm -hmm. research proven. And so that I think that they're more willing to um, access and use and request methods that have a foundation in being able to um, use that data and research for positive impact in their organizations and in their lives. And that makes total sense. I also know that, again, you know, we're, we're coming back to 
what do we actually need here? What, do, what actually, what outcomes do we want? Are we turning people into machines? Are we trying to get along better? Do we want people to buy into our values that, that, that we're not demonstrating um, or that we haven't understood how to demonstrate so that people buy in? There's, there's so much going on, so many facets to, to what makes it work from this neurocognitive perspective. It's also a human perspective. So how do we have a a culture centric, human centric um, opportunity to explore the possibilities of our creativity, of our connection, of um, what, what we can make in the world together. um, If we only focus on science. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, 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 right. So much more. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So again, it all comes back to the human being, right? It all comes back to us, whether, whether we're talking technology or, or, or talking culture and, and, and how to be, build an effective organization. It really comes down to the individual. And I think that sometimes that gets lost, that, that people think they can mandate a change in culture in their organization, but they don't live it themselves. That, that piece, Sam, that, you know, in every single organization that I go into, that is the core. And now how do we understand our mission better so we can change it so that we can live it or so that we can actually live it. And that's, that's the piece. Like we all want to believe in what we're doing. We don't want to just show up and be a cog in the wheel. We want to, we want to really know that we're making a difference. We're making an impact, whatever that is. And, and if we can't believe that because we don't see our leaders demonstrating that, then you know, that everything starts to fall apart. And the moment we lose trust, everything starts to crumble, whether we leave or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so unfortunately, we're running out of time. It's been so wonderful having you on my show. I literally, I could talk to you for hours. Um, but if people listening want to learn more about you, more about your work, um, where would they find you? How would they reach out to you? Yeah, the, my um, consulting agency is thetaprootway.com. We're Taproot Ventures, so thetaprootway.com. And uh, to find me personally, it's just Teresa teresayonikawa.com uh, uh, or epicoto, E-P-I-C-O-T-O.com. Oh, wonderful. Well, Teresa, thank you so much for taking the time to come on my show today. It was a pleasure having you. Hey, if you ever think about wanting to do your own show, we'd love to have you join the network. So definitely yeah. reach out and let me know because I think with what you're doing, it would be awesome to have a show just dedicated to that. Thank you for that invite, Sam. Very heartfelt. I appreciate yeah. the time. It's been a pleasure. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. And of course, thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in. As always, I so appreciate you. Um, without you, there is no show. So thank you for my loyal listeners who tune in week after week. And hey, if you enjoyed this interview in this conversation, please share it with your friends. And hey, don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at sign talking alternative um help us grow where our subscribers are way up from where they were but we need to get them even higher so please help us out and don't forget if you miss any part of today's show you can always catch the conscious consultant hour on all the major podcasting platforms apple google stitcher spotify pandora iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts we're there subscribe to me there so that you always know when the new one comes out and if we're not Let me know and we'll get there. Thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you all next week.
uplift, educate, empower. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.